Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ethan Skolnick for the Five on the Floor podcast. A lot of you complained about audio issues, so we decided to make this as easy as possible to hear. So I'm here with Alphonse City, and we decided to do our podcast tonight from the site of our watch party where the Heat just beat the Sixers. We found a quiet place in this establishment. Did we not, Al? Oh, this is super quiet. It's the quietest spot in the whole place right now. Well, we were. it was offered to us that Alpha and I could go back to a VIP room together. We thought the optics on that would not be great. So, anyway, we had a great time tonight at Gold Club Papado. It's still going on. We're going to go home and record podcasts from our separate residences or else nobody's going to subscribe to this podcast ever again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go home. I'll spend, like, maybe 10 more minutes here. There are certain things I have to wrap up before I leave. But, yeah, we're about to go home. We have, we're we're, <laughs> we're going to do a, a podcast from home. We're going to recap this this awesome game. Yes, it's a great game. And, by the way, 2-1 and one this year at Watch Parties with wins over the Bucks and the Sixers. So, bleep your Listen, curse. Yes. I want to do a big apology to Kendrick Nunn because I've been very hard on him. All right, let's save that for home. It's 10-22. Alf just said he's going home in 10 minutes. For the record, this podcast will be recorded at 4.30 in the morning. Talk soon. All right, Ethan Skolnick, we're back on the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm no longer shouting because all I've got where I am right now is the air conditioner. I'm back in Fort Lauderdale. Alf is uh, in the Miramar area. And yes. we're going to tr- try to do a real podcast tonight. We're going to attempt to do this, Alf. Um, no crude jokes. Uh, we've already, okay. had, I've already had to delete the first recording. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about how much you had to drink or anything else that we witnessed tonight. That was a good joke. It, it, honestly, we have to have we have to do a a a, a patron <laughs> episode of the good joke I did earlier. Yeah, we don't do patron anymore. Nobody wanted to pay us, um, unfortunately. And and the, the the other thing that happened tonight before we get to tonight's Heat Sixer game is uh, you know Alf dropped you know all of the money he's made from five on the floor on, on a table. It was seventeen dollar bills, and uh, and our guys nothing bad was done with these dollar bills. They were tossed in the air as confetti when the Heat won this game. So let's get to the game, Alf, before you pass out. Um, I don't like the fact that you blaming me for the dollar bills on the table. I'm not going to let it ride just like, oh, Alf is the Alf is degenerate of the two. Those, all the dollar bills that you saw pictured on the table, on Twitter and on Instagram, are not all for me, okay? Uh, Ethan had something to do with those. That's true. We had a few. It's it's five on the floor proceeds. Thank you to our sponsors. Um, all right, let's get to the game because this thing started off in a way that we thought we were going to do the same old watch party podcast, right? Like this is uh, this was number fourteen actually, 
and yep. the Heat the Heat came in at one and twelve. Uh, we we don't uh, excuse me, not the Heat, but the South Florida teams because the Dolphins lost everyone we did, the Hurricanes lost everyone they did, and part of the reason is we do them for road games, right? And road games you're more likely to lose. We do them for road games because we don't want to sort of lose people who may be going to the game, right? So it's less likely someone's going to the game in Philadelphia and then going to the game in Miami. We also typically pick games that are competitive. We expect to be very competitive for the Heat first because they're more interesting. We might draw more people. We had a really nice crowd tonight. Or, you know, the other reason is that, you know, we think they probably will lose anyway, so we won't get blamed for it. If they, <laughs> right? Right. If, if they go into it like – yeah. If you're going to lose anyway, might as well have the, put the five reasons curse on, on top of it. Correct. Like, let's, have let's a good not, time. Let's not lose to the Knicks. You right. know, we, would get bl- we would get blamed for that. If they, if yeah, they lose exactly. to the but Knicks, if, we would get blamed. Like if we had done the watch party for the Memphis game the other night, oh my we, we would have gotten blamed for that. It would right? have, have been all our fault. Right. But so this was not going to be our fault because everybody expected them to lose to Philadelphia anyway. They were eight-point dogs. I had people who – were texting me before the game saying, should I play it? I said, I wouldn't touch that line. The Heat are shorthanded right now. I don't trust them against this team. And the reality is, as you and I were watching this game at the beginning, there were some trends we were concerned about that held up. It looked like for the first three minutes of the game, you mentioned it, that Josh Richardson had basically just swallowed Kendrick Nunn up, uh, that he couldn't go anywhere. The Heat were taking ridiculous off-balance shots. Jimmy's legs look shot, which, by the way, it kind of looks shot for most of the game, but like he, he needs a rest. But, you know, at the beginning of the game, it was trending the way we expected. The Sixers were just chucking the ball up and retrieving it off the rim because they're bigger, they're longer. Um, and that's going to be a problem for the heat going forward. But some things then started to change. Um, the zone, I think, is something we got to talk about tonight because both you and I haven't really liked it in past games. It clearly worked tonight against a team that struggles to space. And so I think that's something you're going to have to look at. I think other teams like Boston, Indiana, Toronto may start to run a little zone against the Sixers too, because they don't really have a lot of shooters. And the other thing that happened tonight uh, to me is Tyler Hero. Uh, you know, we could talk about Duncan Robinson. We could talk about obviously what Kendrick Nunn did, but the fact that Tyler Hero at 19 is showing up in these big games is a great, great sign going forward. Derek Jones Jr. was terrific tonight again. And they did this without Dragic, without Winslow, and with Butler being at far less than his best again. Yeah, Butler was a minus six tonight. Um, Kendrick Nunn was a plus 19. And one of the things I want to talk about is Kendrick Nunn tonight. Because if we talked about it, me and you talked about it in the first quarter, we saw that Josh Richardson just completely swallowed him up. That length bothered him. And then he got a chance at the end of the first and going to the second against the Sixers' second unit. And what he did, he took complete advantage of that, got into a rhythm. And even when Josh Richardson came back, he was in his rhythm already. And once Kendrick Nunn gets into a rhythm, he's a really, really good player. So I have been very, very hard on Kendrick Nunn, and I'm going to admit that. But tonight he was amazing. He was really, really good. And he made a lot of the right plays where a lot of, like, I watched uh, the game with uh, Nikias Duncan in, in the upper press box uh, against the Lakers. And we pointed out maybe five, six, seven, eight times where he missed a pocket pass mm-hmm. to Bam on the roll or he could have found uh, Duncan Robinson in the, in, in the corner. But against the Sixers, 
those passes that are normally good passes are not good passes because they're so long, they're so athletic, and those, oh, a lot of times those kind of passes result in turnovers. What Kendrick Nunn did tonight, and it's, it's well within his wheelhouse, is to say, I'm not going to make that pass. I'm going to challenge the defense, take it to the hole, or shoot the three. And he, he made a lot of really good decisions tonight that against some other teams might not be the greatest decisions. But against the Sixers tonight, against the second unit, and after he got into rhythm, even against Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons, long guys, guys who are way bigger than he is, he made the right decisions late in the game uh, and throughout the game. He, he had a really, really good, solid game where he didn't he – didn't, where the, the, the type of player that he is can get you in trouble against some other teams, he did the right thing tonight. I've made the John Starks comparison with Kendrick Nunn, and I think people have misunderstood it a little bit. But there's a lot of things that are similar here in terms of where they came from and where the expectations got to very quickly. Um, I, I lived in New York when John Starks was found by Pat Riley. If you don't know the story, he was bagging. It's sort of like a Kurt Warner story. He was bagging groceries. Not a guy who was expected to be an NBA player, kind of similar to Kendrick Nunn. I mean, not the same reason that Kendrick Nunn wasn't drafted, but Starks wasn't drafted either. Starks, the other, the other parallel is, was let go by Golden State. <laughs> Riley poached him from Golden State. And, you know, look, I, I think in some ways people think of Starks as, as a more athletic player, better defender. Everybody remembers the dunk, you know, obviously over the Bulls, over Jordan, the lefty dunk. Uh, but we've seen some of that elevation from Kendrick Nunn also. But the parallel to me is that you have a guy who came out of nowhere. There were no expectations for him. And then once, like, a Pat Riley team, in this case with Spolstra's blessing, put him in the starting lineup, everybody from there started to pick him apart. Like, I remember with Starks in New York, it's like they loved his feistiness, but it was like, oh, he's not good enough, right? He's not Jordan. He's at the time, right? He's not Reggie Miller. Even though in some ways he was better than Reggie Miller. He did some things better than Reggie did. But they were always picking him apart. He went from this incredible success story to this, okay, he's, he, again, he's not good enough, okay, and, and finding his shortcomings. And I feel like we've done that with Kendrick Nunn. Um, I, I, I don't know why specifically. I don't know. For some, maybe it was the off-court thing. I'm not sure. But I, I feel no, like – No, no. Honestly, no? What, it is, what it is, Ethan, is, is – if you watch him play, there's a lot of, and I'm I'm gonna go away from John Starks. There's a lot of Dion Waiters to him, um, and it's some of it is even more. He's a more efficient Dion Waiters, but he's also a bigger black hole at times than Dion Waiters is. So there's a lot of times with Kendrick Nunn where there's a pass to be made that's very evident to even the most basic of fans. Well, you can you you can look at it and say, man, Kendrick, make that pass. And Kendrick looks to score. Kendrick is a scorer, much in the same way that Dion Waiters is. But like but like I'm saying, Dion, and what I'll probably say is, probably Dion in his first few years probably made some of the same mistakes that Kendrick's making. So the thing is with Kendrick is, we see there's times where there's passes that he can make. There's things that he could do that he doesn't do. It's not nitpicking. We, we appreciate what he's doing offensively, but we also see that there's times that even when he makes a shot, that he's taking away from the rhythm of the offense. Now, 
-hmm. Kendrick Nunn is his first year in the NBA. So there's lessons to be learned. So maybe in, and I've also, I've already seen it. There's pocket passes that he's making a bam out of bio in the last two, three games that he wasn't making at the beginning of the year. So he's, he's already learning. So I think Kendrick will get to that point, but it doesn't absolve him from the critiques that we're giving the same critiques that we're giving to Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero makes a lot of mistakes, but we see a lot of the raw talent with both of these guys. Yeah, but it's a little different with Tyler, though, because uh, we always say, you know, he's 19, right? I mean, I, I think... Yeah, but Kendrick, think, what? Kendrick's older than Winslow. No, I know. Right, well, and Justice gets no benefit of the doubt. But what I'm saying about, about none and Hero is, you know, even since the start of training camp or even go back to summer league, you know, the idea is there's an expectation because of the age difference that none's going to be further ahead in some things. But the reality is he doesn't have any more NBA experience than Tyler hero. does. So he doesn't. like, like you said, there's going to be certain things he's going to pick up. I feel, but I feel like there's been a turn with the fan base on him. Maybe it is some of the things you're talking about, but like the first two weeks of the season, it was this incredible, incredible story. And then hero, you know, had his moments went off. Obviously he had that 27 point game. I mean, but Nunn's top 27 a couple times at this stage. I, I, you know, I, I just think we, we've gotten to a point with Kendrick Nunn where, to be honest with you, I think taking him for granted, picking him apart, I think it's swung too far the other direction. Like, he was not as perfect a player as he looked like the first couple weeks. And I even said, and I was wrong, that there didn't seem to be any holes in his game that people would pick apart. And obviously what got picked apart by opposing coaches and opposing teams was sort of this, you know, indecision about when to pass or maybe a tunnel vision where he's not even looking to pass. And that was gumming up the heat offense at times. But I think he can make an adjustment. I mean, when I'm watching Derek Jones Jr. make he's the proper made, basketball he's, play, I, he wasn't doing he's, that last year. He's already, he's already, Kendrick has already started to make the adjustment. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you can't fault fans for wanting him to make it. So he's made the adjustment. But the problem, so he's made the adjustment that fans wanted him to make. And he, and he hasn't completely made that adjustment, but he's starting to. Like he's right. starting to look for that pass a little bit more. And tonight, what, what I did like about tonight is, tonight was a night not to make that adjustment. Right. And he made, he was doing it more in the Laker game, and the Maverick game, and the Hawks game. And then tonight, he started to realize, okay, that pass, that pocket pass to Bam on the pick and roll, because of Embiid, that size and that length, because he's a monster, is probably not the best pass to make. Because Embiid kept leaving Kendrick just to, to deny the lob and deny that pass to Bam. And Kendrick made the smart decision just to take it to the hole. So the thing is, if Kendrick continues this progression, the fans will lay off him. But there have been a lot of times where it was warranted. The critiques right. were warranted. Now, there's a lot of Heat fans on Twitter, and I think the problem is we live too much on Twitter. But there's a lot of Heat fans that went too far in the other direction and just, just started calling Kendrick Nunn trash, which, listen, second highest rookie scorer in the league, he's not trash. No, 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 but I don't even think you were getting that. I, I think you were getting. Look again, no, we have to ignore. Getting, but but you, I think you have to ignore. We've talked about it with justice too. The fringe, you got to ignore. You the you, ha you have to ignore the fringe. I think there were legitimate critiques of Kendrick Nunn's play that were reasonable because there are things he does that I think I think here's where you got to separate it from him and Dion. 
I understand what you're talking about with Dion, that there's a similarity in terms of what can be some tunnel vision. But I don't think with Kendrick Nunn it's intentional. I feel like with Dion, and I don't want to beat on Dion when he's down here, but like I feel like with, with Dion that, you know, it's part of his whole makeup, right? It's it's part of what he boasts about. Like, I mean, he's Kobe Wade, right? Like, I mean, he is he believes he's the best player in the world, okay? I mean and he's neither. <laughs> right, but right, but but it's like I mean Chalmers believed he was the best player in the world too, but it was kind of comical. With Dion I think it feels a little more serious with him, and that's been part of his difficulty conforming the way they wanted him to conform. But I don't think with Kendrick Nunn that the tunnel vision is a result of selfishness in any way or of, you know, sort of believing he's better than everybody. I mean, he's confident, but, but I, or believing he's better than anybody else. I think it's more so it's just the way he's been coached to play in some ways because if you look at the situation, again, he left Illinois uh, under obviously not the greatest circumstances, but he went to Detroit. Okay, they needed, I mean, look at the number of shots he took, right? Their success was completely dependent on him. So, I mean, why would he be expected to understand how to make the proper pass in the proper situation? Like, I mean, it's not what he, it's not what he was there to do. I mean, he was there to be a high-volume shooter. He had more threes than anybody in college basketball other than Trey Young. But he's like, learning. Well, so, so that's what I'm saying. They're going to, look, they're going to take a player like that, and they're going to try to figure out the things he does well figure out the things he hasn't really been coached to do. It's going to take a little bit of time, but he's learning on the fly. Um, I mean, Duncan Robinson is doing a lot of things he didn't used to do also, and we're going to talk about can Duncan we, after Can the we break. talk about Duncan? We're going to after the break. All right, so I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Check him out at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. Spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle your case from all over the state. They handle immigration. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So, of course, traffic tickets, personal injury, and so much more. Go check them out. Their office is right there in North Miami, right off of I-95. It cannot possibly be more convenient. In fact, you got a legal issue that's bothering you? Give them a call, and while you're waiting 45 minutes to get from, what is it, uh, 79th Street up to 125th Street, get off of I-95 and go visit them over at Seltzer Mayberg, and maybe we'll actually be there, too, because we share an office with them. So that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, one calleagle.com. All right. Uh, we can get to Duncan Robinson now. Um, and then ultimately we're going to get to Bam out of bio. Uh, but I, I want to make one point before we do. And I tweeted this tonight. Kelly Olenek got almost no minutes tonight. Under 10. Eric Spolstra played only seven guys more than eight minutes. Um, this team is exhausted. You, you, you've talked about it. And that's why it was amazing that run that they put together, that 27-7 run to surge ahead. 
but also kind of remarkable that they just held Philly off at the end because yeah. you, you can yeah, see it falling apart. I mean, we're at this watch party, and I mean, I was tweet part. I well fell apart in part because I started tweeting too early again. I thought they were going to win, but but eight man rotation, eight man rotation it's in, really seven, in December. Man. It's really seven. I mean, I, this is not I, again. There's you know, James Johnson. I mean, uh, do we even need to talk about that anymore? I don't know. I mean, th- there's there doesn't seem to be a body that's coming back anytime soon. I mean, I, I've said repeatedly, I don't think Dragic comes back until next year. I don't mean next season, but just 2020. And with justice, there's just no updates. And it seems like something they don't want to update. So, Apparently uh, Dragic might come back on Friday. Well, we'll see. I mean, he, he had indicated it looked like it was going to be another week or so, but we'll see if he comes back on Friday. That would be a huge help. I mean, if they could get Goran back, but they're really, really thin. So, I mean, we don't want to dwell on it. We've talked about it a lot. Eric's not doing it, you know, by choice. Um, I just wonder how this is going to make them feel in a month or two. I, I, it's been a lot on, on certain guys in particular. I mean, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are playing close to 40 minutes. I mean, these are guys who were playing in the G League not long ago. Now they're doing what this I, at the NBA level on the road. What I did like tonight, um, Jimmy only played 34 minutes. I didn't like the fact that he was handling the ball so much so early. There's a lot of that fourth quarter Jimmy minutes, that that butter zone, <laughs> that uh, that uh, Crotty like to call it. Um, that but like, Jimmy was handling the ball a lot early. What I did see tonight, that what I really did like is um, Spolcher saw early that Myers Leonard's size made a lot mm-hmm. of difference, and we nice. talked about this a lot in the all night while we were at the watch party. Mm-hmm. Um. Myers is about 14, 15 minutes a game. He plays the first seven, eight minutes of the first quarter and the first seven or eight minutes of the third quarter. You never see him in the second. You barely ever see him in the fourth. Tonight, they brought him off the bench, and I don't care about the number of points he had. I don't care about uh, the stats. He made a difference. The big body in the paint, just deterring things, was, and he had a huge block. He did a lot of things tonight that don't show up in the, in, in, in the box score. He did a lot of things tonight that were very positive. And I'm, I hope going forward, because I, you, you know how much I like Myers right. and how much I appreciate what Myers' contribution to this team is. I hope he gets more of those opportunities because there are times where they do need that presence. We've seen them get out-rebounded over and over again. There was, night, there was times tonight where Myers didn't get the rebound but his presence in the paint and DJJ flying in uh, caused either an offensive or defensive rebound where neither one of them got the stat. Right. But their presence there made a difference. So I do like the fact that Spolcher saw what was going on, saw that he needed size and length because you got to remember, Kelly Olenek is seven feet tall legit, legitimately. He does not have length for a seven-footer. So to bring Myers Leonard in and to make that difference tonight, I thought that was huge. I thought it was a, it was it was a it was a little bit of a game changer tonight. Yeah, it was in addition to the zone, and and we both identified it when it happened. I think, you know, the thing with Myers Leonard is that, like you mentioned with Kelly, if Kelly's not making shots at this point, since they don't run that much offense through him, I mean, if he's not consistently making, and I don't just mean making the three, I mean also putting the ball on the deck and getting to the basket, which is something he can do that Myers really can't. If he's not doing those things, 
then it's just from a rebounding perspective, he's just not giving you anything. And I, there's just been too many games this year. And I, I like Kelly, but like, he's either been really good, like the Milwaukee game on the road, or he's just given them nothing. And I, and so I'm okay with bringing Myers back. I mean, Chris Silva, they've kind of shuttled him aside a little bit at this point. I mean, it's not a days thing. We have people at the watch party. So it's not about that. It's just, I just don't think they see a matchup for him at times. So they're going to have to go back to Myers, you know, at times. Um, and Myers is in an interesting role. You know, he's in the last year of his contract. I think with Myers, you know, you and I both like him personally so much. And sometimes I let that color my opinion on stuff. You know, if I was to make one, one you know, sort of criticism of Myers, it's just shoot it more. You know, you and I have both yeah. talked about it. Like, he's but a good he, shooter, and I feel like when he doesn't hesitate, their whole offense changes because teams have to play him out there. He should be taking, I think, and I said this when they, when they traded for him. I mean, he's, he really should be taking, you know, four to five three-point shots a game. And tonight he took five and made right. two. And that's right. all you want. That's all. That's if all he, you if want. He go, if he goes two for five, it opens up things for everybody else, and, and he has to shoot it. Uh, and so – um, you know, there's certain things he has from a limitation standpoint defensively, but if he's in the right position, he's communicating, which is something he obviously does. He's making the three. And like you said, he's just kind of taking up space. And to be honest right now, he's giving you more than Kelly is because Kelly's just not, not giving and you one of the, enough. And one of the things, one of the things when me and Nakaya talked to him the other night, he said, I want to play more minutes at the five. Mm-hmm. And tonight when he came off the bench, it was without Bam. So a lot of the times it was right. without Bam on the floor. He played a lot of minutes at the five, and he was very effective in those minutes. Where just sometimes being big isn't a, is, <laughs> is a talent yeah. almost, right? Sometimes just being big and being in the way is a talent. Joel Embiid does a lot of that, where now I'm not comparing Myers to Joel Embiid's defensive talents. Mm-hmm. But – Myers has the ability to just be big and just be in the way, and then you play in that two-three zone, and you know what? You a lot of times they hesitated because Myers is in the paint because he's just a big body. So the thing is, it's not I'm not I'm not writing off Kelly Olynyk because I love what Kelly Olynyk brings, but I do think that there are some unsung heroes tonight that really showed what they're capable of. Kendrick Nunn, who I've had a lot of problems with. Derrick Jones Jr. really, really made himself known tonight. And Myers Leonard, those are three guys tonight that, yes, you're playing an eight-man rotation, so sometimes you're forced to play them. But if you're going to be limited, because even when you got Justice and Goron back, when it comes to size, uh, you're talking about DJJ and you're talking about Myers Leonard, they can provide something. And so – to me, it's, let's not get so stuck in the rotation sometimes. There are matchups where Myers Leonard, Derrick Jones Jr., even when Goran and Justice come back, they can make a difference. And tonight I thought that um, Myers just made a huge difference tonight. He just – he clogged up that paint and he really – he really kind of changed the game, changed the tenor at some points. Yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to get to one more thing here after the break. I want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and this hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud today the dutch valley farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean 
high quality experience that you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or visit Dutch Valley Farms on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right, we're going to wrap here real quick. Um, they just had a two-game trip where, well, three-game trip, actually, if you include Dallas, right, because that was sort of the beginning of it. I kind of forgot about that one. But let's look at the last two. You know, they have a two-game trip where they lose to Memphis and they beat Philly. And that runs counter to the narrative about this team, which is that they've beaten up on the bad teams and lost to the good teams. But they now have wins against the Sixers, against the Raptors, against the Rockets, and against the Bucks. Those are four of, what, the seven other best teams in the league? And they yep. could have beaten the Lakers. They had them. I mean, you know, there was a foul that was not called at the end of that game. That thing might have gone to overtime. How far away, and let's do this quickly, how far away are the Heat from elite? The Heat are one player away from elite. And it's hard to say that when they have like this a top five record in the entire league. And I'm not talking about conference. I'm talking about the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's only four teams with 20 wins as we speak. They're one of them. Yeah, and I, I also what I what I will do is I give credit to the Heat for what they've done, but I'm also not going to sit here and lie to myself and lie to the audience and say that Heat are are title contender because they're because they're not. So they are one elite player away from title contention. But what I will say is when this heat has been 100, when this team has been 100% healthy, they are one of the four best teams in the league. The problem is I can't count on this team to be 100% healthy. So it's either this heat team brings in a second elite player or they get healthy. So I, I, at this point, there's nothing to say that they'll ever be 100% healthy. So it's either you bring in another elite player or you just ride this thing out this season. And no matter what happens right now, you exceed the expectations. But right. now well, the problem you- is expectations are a there. It's 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 a it's a it's a living thing. Expectations move. So. But you you understand what I'm talking about. It's- you know, I no, I, I understand. And I mean, I, obviously, look, nobody was expecting him to have 20 wins at this stage of the season. People would have probably said 15, maybe somewhere in that range, Four, like 15, possibly 16. 13, 14, 15, 7th, 8th seed, everyone would have been happy. Well, not everyone. I mean, I had him as a 3 seed. But I, I also didn't expect the East to be as good as it's been, okay? So I, I didn't think Toronto would be as good as it's been. Milwaukee, Philly, I, w- I, I did, but Boston, I wasn't as high on Boston. I didn't think Indiana would hold up as well without Oladipo. The top six in the East are very good. I mean, the top six in the East are, are right there with the top six in the West, honestly, with the fact that Utah's disappointed a little bit. Um, and obviously, you know, some of the teams we thought might be in the top six are not in the top six out West. I, I would say this. I, I think that what the Heat have proven is that they're not overmatched by anybody because, honestly, their, their effort level is higher than other teams. And so they're able to if – they, if, if they're moving the ball and they're clicking in that way, they can compete with pretty much anybody on a given night. Do they have matchup issues with the Lakers and Philly? Yes. Well, like I said, they just beat Philly, and they almost beat the Lakers. And, and why? Because their guys don't stop moving. I mean, the effort level is tremendous. Now, with that said, when you have a high, high effort team 
and you're only playing seven or eight. That's it. That that wears down on you. That's we're gonna, the problem. We're, 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 we're going to feel that soon, okay? And so, like I said, getting Dragic back would be enormous. Figuring out what the JJ situation is so he can give you a few minutes would actually be helpful right now. Justice, I don't know where that is, okay? But they're acting in the kind of way mysteriously. Typically, when they act like this and they're not giving much information, it's either because it's worse than, than people are saying and they don't want it out there, or the other thing, and this has happened many times, is that maybe they're not on exactly the same page as the player and they don't want to kind of get it out there. And I've heard it might be a little of the latter. So I think we got to wait to see what happens and whether Justice is going to be able to play through you know, pain, essentially, or a significant amount of pain if that's what he feels it is. But I, they have to start getting some bodies back. And I know you guys just did a Drew Holiday episode. You're right. I mean, get Drew Holiday would change an equation to a certain degree, but just getting Dragic and Winslow back changes the equation for this team because they it, haven't even had them. Complete so, game changer. Right. And it, honestly, if you get Dragic and Winslow back, you could afford another two injuries. The thing with Dragic and Winslow is those are your two point guards. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of people lose sight of that. The problem right now is not that um, that Jimmy's playing a lot of minutes. Jimmy's playing a lot of minutes where he has to guard the other team's best player and also run the offense for 35, 40 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Right. Goran alleviates the running the offense part for a lot of the game. So does Justice. And also Justice guards the best player on the other team, the best mm-hmm. wing. So it's not just that – I don't care how you feel about Justice with uh, I don't care what do you feel about Goran Dragic. The the things that they t- the the responsibilities that they take away from Jimmy Butler are so important. Jimmy, it was the first quarter, and Jimmy's bringing the ball up every possession. Right. It's a lot. Jimmy shouldn't have to do that to four minutes left in the fourth. Right. And he wasn't it, it, doing it, that. It, it would it would have been like asking LeBron to do it all the time, and LeBron didn't do it all the time with the Heat. And, and nobody, and, it's and pe- people act like it's not a lot. It's a lot of work, and it's taxing. And to bring the ball up every time, to initiate the offense every single time, never be able to take a break on offense, and then have to guard Ben Simmons on the other side of the court. Like it, it, enough is enough. The guys, the it, at some point, it's the, you you come to a breaking point. Right. Well, it's a pretty great quote from tonight, and we'll, we'll end with this, uh, where Jimmy Butler was asked. Michael Lee put this on um, one National Report. I think Michael's with Yahoo now. Uh, Michael put this on Twitter today where uh, Jimmy was asked about how difficult it is to be a one-star team when you're competing with a three-star team. And Jimmy said, uh, who are the stars on this team, Bam and who? And we just got through an entire podcast without talking about a guy who had another near triple-double today. Uh, and was in a lot of ways pretty damn dominant defensively in Bam Adebayo. And I, I think I don't want to talk about him, and here's why. I think that's where he is. Like, I just I think we're taking him for granted at this stage because he's a star and we're expecting this. Anyway, we'll Steady. have more podcasts uh, later this week. Um, we're going to talk to Myers Leonard and Ellie Leonard. Um, we, we had that set up for this week, had a little bit of scheduling snafu on both sides, but we're going to be, uh, we're definitely going to have that podcast here in the next week and we'll have a couple of the guys at the Knicks game on Friday as well. So check that out. Thanks for joining us on five on the floor. 
I think we did pretty good, Alf, all things considered tonight. Uh, come to our next watch party. We'll let you know what it's going to be. Ethan, I'm drunk. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.